This is Anita Switzer from Puso West in Vancouver. I recently met Nolan Boker, who has a bed and breakfast in the cove where my sister was staying. And then I asked Nolan to turn some of his buddies in, and he turned in Paul Stinson. So, Paul Stinson, welcome. And I'm glad you Thank turned you. in. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be turned in. <laughs> when did you serve with QSO VSO? I was a volunteer with QSO from 1973 to 1976. Quite some time. And where were you? I was in a little place called Jambung in Radbury province. Can you spell that? Jambung? Jambung. C-H-O-M. Oh, okay. B-U-N-G. Yes. And it was Jambung Teachers Training College. Okay. And now it's Jambung University. But uh, back in the day, it was very unique because it... It was the only teacher's training college in Thailand that did not reside in the capital of a province. Oh. So it resided in this little tiny village, halfway between, roughly halfway between Bangkok and the Burmese border, oh. and close to Karen territory of, of Burma, from yes. Myanmar it's known now. Yes. And uh, some of my students actually came from Burma, but... The unique thing about it was they had a scholarship program and students, two students from every province in the kingdom uh, received a scholarship every year. Oh. And so it was very diverse. There were, and it was, it was the only college that had such a scholarship program. Other scholarships would have been just for students from that province. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I mean, the luckiest day of my life was was actually being assigned there and uh, I was welcomed by a CUSO <laughs> volunteer who at that time had moved from Jambung up to Chiang Mai and he was a Kiwi, a New Zealander, Robin Bickley. Okay. And Robin um, came down and was part of the team that did the orientation for us in Bangkok and he was probably the most fluent Thai speaker I've ever met among frogs, among foreigners. Yes. He, and, and he's the reason I still speak pretty good Thai, because he taught me the importance of learning the tones, and uh, it's all about learning the tones. So when I go back to Thailand now, 30, hmm, 35 years later, yes. I can still strike up a pretty good conversation, and Amazing. I can get by pretty well. So where did we recruit you from? Western. Stinson. Western. Stinson. S T I N S O N. Okay. Western. Western and Sharon Capling, who subsequently went on to work in Ottawa and then with uh, UN, I think it was UN Women's Commission or something. She was a big shot there. Is she back east in, uh, in Atlantic? No. This is Sharon Capling, whom I mentioned a few minutes yes. ago. Yes. Okay. Who, who passed right. away recently. Yes. Oh, yes. With, yes. Sorry. But Sharon Capling was on the recruiting committee, and there was somebody else whose name might come to me. Okay. And uh, I went through the interview process, and when I first got the um, either a phone call or a letter, they said, "Congratulations, we've uh, we'd like to offer you an appointment as a volunteer English teacher in Thailand." And at that point, they didn't say anything more than that. 
um, and I frankly didn't. I had. I, I thought of Taiwan, and, <laughs> and I thought, why Taiwan? Anyway, I got sorted out. I found my way to Bangkok for uh, orientation. Mm -hmm. I think I found out in <clears throat> about April of '73, and I graduated in May. Oh, okay. And uh, I was on a plane in June. What did you graduate with? Um, a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and History. Okay. My plan had been to go into business, and I started at the business school at Western. Yes. And after two years, I, the, the summer of my, uh, following my second year, mm -hmm. I worked at um, Ontario Place in Toronto, the year that it opened. Oh, magnificent. And among all of the first-year hosts and hostesses, I came into contact with people who had done so many different things. Crossroads, some had done CUSO, somebody had done Frontier College. It turned out I went to Frontier College for this, the winter of 71-72, and because I lived in an isolated place in the middle of nowhere teaching English, Jim McFetridge, the field staff officer, said, ah, oh, there's somebody I can send to John Boone. Oh, so, wow. so uh, you it was rural to rural. It was rural to rural, but mm. cold to hot. <laughs> yes. Now, when you are so enthusiastic about reconnecting, mm. why, did, why is that? After all these years, what's the spirit of mm. that experience that lightens up your eyes the way they do? <laughs> well, it's a very personal thing. I... Um, I had never, I'd grown up in Sarnia, Ontario. It was a wonderful place to grow up and a wonderful place to be from, but a wonderful place to say you were from yes. and, uh, and move on in life. And I worked two summers in Chemical Valley and I had just never seen anything, never imagined even going to Europe. And, um, and the opportunity to go to Asia, I jumped at. Um, I think the very first break that we had in the school year was a three-month break and we were required to do one six-week um, job and I was assigned to the Chiang Mai YMCA where Robin, my predecessor, had been. So we had six weeks together teaching Thai, to, sorry, teaching English together. He was, he had a series of programs teaching English to nursing students, teaching English to um, shopkeepers in Sangampang, an area just outside Chiang, uh, Chiang Mai. We had a blast and uh, the director of the, of the Y became a very close friend. I mean, it was a life-changing experience for me. I, 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 I became a citizen of the world in those three years. I traveled a little bit the second half of that first break, I remember going to Bali with some friends from VSO who were oh. based in, in Thailand and we had met them. Again, this is part of the connection, it's, it's part of the lighting up the eyes because mm -hmm. I met such great people from around the world. Um, I mean, I remember checking, catching up with one of them in England four or five years later and another in Edinburgh or five years later and in Scotland and um, I just made some very strong life lifelong and life uh, 
long-lasting um, friendships and um, I was there for three years. I probably would have stayed in Thailand a little bit longer. I wouldn't necessarily have stayed with QSO because I think I, I did an extension of one year. Uh, two years was the regular assignment and I decided to do a third year but um, my mother passed away. I had to go back to Canada and then I started working for QSO. My first job back in Canada was working for Murray Thompson, who was oh, I didn't know that. who was uh, the executive director, and he gave me a, a small assignment, a consulting contract to do something in Ottawa. And from there, I went into the um, Canadian Hunger Foundation, oh. which now has a different name. And then from uh, there to IDRC, and then IDRC. The International Development Research Center yes. is where I uh, really caught my wings, and I did I did three years in Ottawa and then four in Singapore, but the four years in Singapore were really it was all of Asia. I mean, it was from Pakistan in the west, included India, Nepal. Uh, it didn't really include China, although I did make a visit to China once during that time, uh, but then all of the Southeast Asian countries. That that was my territory, and I, I was on the road fifty percent of the time from from Singapore. My wife likes to tell people that she was there four years and I was there too. <laughs> but um, is she from there? Did you? No, meet? she's she's from Guyana, Guyana, British Guyana, in South America. And so what's her name? Her name is Sherry. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> uh, Sherry actually worked for IDRC here in Vancouver. Oh, so that's how we met. Oh. So the journey begins in uh, with QSO and you continue this international uh, work. And now I saw something interesting on, on your signature. What do you do now? I have a company called CAPRA and CAPRA, is a, CAPRA stands for Canada Asia Pacific Rim Alliances. Okay. And I dreamed up that name. The week between Christmas and New Year's 1996, okay. wondering if I'd ever work again. <laughs> All right. Because I had left a job early and I'd been based in India for a pharmaceutical company and Sherry had got sick, was unwell, and the doctors gave her a full medical okay and said, you know, you she could go back and she could be fine or she could go back and would be feeling unwell again. It's your call. And so I, I left the company and because I left, broke a contract, they had no commitment to finding me a job and uh, I came back to Canada. We wanted to live in Vancouver because Sherry's parents were, were here ah. and we had twins, twin boys who were born in Zimbabwe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's another place along the way, another along the journey. So they were born in Zimbabwe, they had their first schooling in India, and when they were ready for um, kindergarten, that was the year that I came back to, uh, Vancouver. to Vancouver in 96. So we settled in Richmond to be close enough to grandparents, but not too close. And <laughs> um, The boys are now at Cornell in engineering on are squash they? scholarships. Are they really? So oh. And We've what, been blessed. And what does Canadian Pacific Rim Alliances do? Um, my my original plan was to develop 
um, strategic alliances between uh, companies in Canada that wanted to do business in Asia and, okay. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, fairly quickly, I realized I had good contacts there, but none here. Ah, uh, okay. And so I put out my shingle, had three or four short-term assignments, mm -hmm. and then I joined BC Biotech, the uh, Biotechnology Industry Association, and that's when I became very involved in the technology sector generally and the biotech sector specifically. And at that time, uh, from 2001 till 2000, the end of 2004, it was a great time to be in biotech in, yes. in Vancouver. And um, I, I then acquired the contacts on this side. Oh, great. So then I, I left to go to HUPO, the Human Proteome Organization, which is a study of proteomics for layman in layman's terms, yeah, it's a study of, prote of proteins yes. for therapeutic for therapeutic drug discovery. Okay. And the connection had been my my links to the pharmaceutical and the biotechnology industries, and the fact that I had set up an organization and I regenerate. I mean, I had set up an organization called Inbar in India when I was working there for IDRC. I had um, resuscitated the BC Biotech, which was on its last limbs when I when I joined it, and was a very very strong organization when I left. Okay. And then uh, so Hupo saw that I had done it, been there and done it before, but the challenge became the fact that it was in Montreal, and my fam, my both my parents-in-law died that year, oh. and it just was not possible for us to make the make the move to Montreal and I had made the commitment that I'd move the family there. Uh, so that's where, uh, that's when I, at the end of 2005 hearing that I was, I mean knowing that I'd be back here, I'd, uh, I incorporated Capra mm -hmm. uh, from a sole proprietorship and, um, and then got started doing business in China. I, I decided China was the focus, ah, not wow. just Asia broadly, but China. Yeah. Wow. So you walked into this, uh, to my office, and you picked up a book called The Land of Lost Content, A History of Cusa by Ian by Smiley. Ian Smiley. And you started noting and seeing people you knew. And what were some of those? So it was Murray Thompson that you recognized. Yeah. And we called him the Mahatma. <laughs> there was Jim McFetridge, he was my field staff officer. Okay. Chris Bryant, whom I used to know and worked at. Um, oh, he was executive director of QSO, but I knew him when he was at IDRC. Okay. Um, Keith Bazanson, I knew when he was at IDRC, where I worked. Oh, so that's the other connection with IDRC. Yeah. We're hoping that IDRC will be participating oh, in our should. conference. You should get them. You in fact, use our, their space. Our executive director um, uh, has gone and talked to them, and they're really keen Good. on the conference. So there, all that connection comes back again. There are quite a few. I mean, Chris Bryant is one, but there are many, many more who had an experience. I knew La Lawrence Perenbaum before he passed away. Sorry, yes. Louis Perenbaum. Yes. Um, I certainly knew the name Bill McQuinney, although I didn't meet him. Yes. And Dave Beer I met. He was very actively involved in CUSO uh, when I came back. I think I, 
I came back in 76, and after working in Ottawa for a very brief time, it was maybe a, a month-long or a six-week contract that I had with um, Murray Thompson. Mm -hmm. But the, I got very involved in the RV committee. So I was in Ottawa from 76 to 80, and, oh. and there was a, an annual RV reunion at Grindstone Island, a place I believe it was owned by the Quakers. If not owned by the Quakers, it certainly had a, uh, a Quaker connection. And uh, it was a wonderful, we had a great time. Uh, and I organized one of the RV conferences. Okay. So I've been in the business of tracking down some volunteers. All right. Past. So be aware that Paul <laughs> but, but, Stinson has but, been located. But I've, <laughs> I've been, um, it's been a while since I've heard about QSO. It really has. And I knew that there had been somebody out here. Mm -hmm. This goes back, I, I've been in Vancouver now since 96, end of 96. Mm -hmm. And I've I may have met one person who was working out of an office that I can't even remember where it was. And I got, I think, one piece of mail from that, from them, and that was it. So You're back on our email list, if I'm you back. don't mind. No, that's fine. <laughs> and I, I wanted to thank you uh, on behalf of everyone. Uh, I wanted to tell you that it's been, it's going to be 50 years, and it's, we've had 15,000 volunteers serve overseas, and... Uh, an approximate, now you're a bit of an um, unusual one because you stayed three years, but approximately 35 million service hours, one for every Canadian. So you guys have really made a difference, I think, in this world, and I wanted to thank you on behalf of QSOVIA. So you're smiling again. Jack Pierpoint, I know him. <laughs> you know him, okay. So you're going to help us. I will. My um, cousin, uh, Dick Stevens. Dick Stevens. Yes. Dick? Watch out. Dick is an architect in Toronto. All right. He married the love of his life, brought her back to Canada. Dick and Mary have two young sons, or two sons, who one of whom is a doctor and one of whom is some, is, uh, I'm not sure what Trevor's doing. But. So better watch out, Dick. We're on your track and uh, we'll be turning you in shortly. So I encourage all QSOVSO RVs. So even the ones that you knew from VSO oh in those days. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be great? So, so it's all come together. We're a merged organization um, of both, and it's a really good merger. It makes a lot of sense. And I thank you for your service and look forward to hearing from you again, Paul Stinston. <laughs> you will. All right, thank you.